Hello, this is the Creativity Cocktail. I have a person that is so, so cool. No matter where you are right now, you want to hear our conversation we're going to have today with the wonderful, amazing Michelle Sewell. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? It's so great to have you on the podcast today. Everyone that's out there, the Creativity Cocktail is for you. Every single one of us are creative. So please make sure that you're using your creative gifts that God's given you to do whatever you want to do in this life because you deserve it. So Michelle, Michelle is an amazing, amazing Swiss Army knife of accomplishments. She has done so many amazing things. I have followed her travels before, back when you could travel all over the, <laughs> <laughs> all over the world, and all the great things that she's done with that. She is also a super, super smart person. And I'll let you tell the world about some of the super smart things that you do. And she's a fantastic actor. She was in one play of mine, which I'm so grateful for, but I know you've done so many, many amazing things. So Michelle, let's just jump right out of the gate here and ask a question before we get into a little bit about who you are. Okay. So right now, as we talk, we are in probably month, I don't know what month it is. It's getting long. In regards to this pandemic. <laughs> it's August. <laughs> so, so it might be month six or seven. I can't tell anymore. Um, tell us, how are you dealing with this? And how are you keeping your creative spirit and juices flowing through, through these times? So it is, you know, quite difficult because there is definitely a decrease in productivity of work, especially for the actors creative. Um, but surprisingly, though, there's actually a lot of work right now for voiceovers. Ah. So one of the things that I've been doing pretty much daily is voiceover work. So I've been doing a lot of auditions for voiceovers, um, a lot of voiceover casting, and of course, in like different languages as well. So it's actually been um, pretty unique in that aspect. Also, my acting teacher, she does do acting classes on Zooms. So I've also been making sure to do that. And then, you know, just reading up on books, making sure I'm always practicing my craft and I still love people watching, so I get to people watch as well still. So all those really kind of just blend in and help me to become, you know, more creative in, the, in what I'm doing, especially if I stay connected to it. So, of course, like, you know, finding good shows to watch and seeing how they're performing and, you know, just making sure you're staying on top of everything. It's really a great way to make sure you're plugged into that creative atmosphere. That's, that's fantastic. So voiceover work, you're going to have to plug me into that. I've always wanted to do that. It seems such a like such an amazing thing to do. How did, how did you get involved in voiceover work? So my current acting teacher, who I absolutely love, her name is Angela Davis. She introduced me to a woman named uh, Deborah Richards, who was this big iconic voiceover um, artist back in the day. So she did a lot of those radio personalities that you see. So I got trained from Deborah Richards and I kind of understood in my mindset, what I thought voice acting was, was you know, whenever you see cartoons or see animation things, that's instantly what I thought it was. What I didn't realize was actually voiceover um, isn't everything from like, you know, the ads on, that you see on commercials on actual TV to the ads on the radios to companies need it to, so they can showcase stuff to their um, employees versus actually walking to store the greetings that you hear, for instance, on Winn-Dixie and Publix, those are all voiceover artists. Those are all actors who have lended their voice. And it's a really great supplemental income to being an actor as well. So I went out, I did the course. 
I got um, a Voice123 account. I bought my Yeti mic, which is the standard steady, uh, setting for mics compared yes. to you know getting a Rode and all those different kinds of mics. This is the best one for people who are starting. And I started doing voiceovers about two years ago. Um, very long process because you do you should always make a demo before you start your accounts and everything. But it's very interesting to do. So I'll get voiceovers from let's say audiobooks, which is something that you probably wouldn't think about. But audiobook voiceovers to something that's on TV or commercials on radios. That's fascinating. Wow. So you've done some audiobooks here recently. Yes, I've actually done one audiobook, which I. I don't think I can release the title, but it was a very, it was a children's audio book. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. There's one thing you mentioned in there that I didn't, that, that can't slip my mind. And you yes. mentioned the different languages. And if I remember correctly, you don't, you speak Japanese or something like that. Is that correct? I speak Japanese. Um, there's not a lot of Japanese voiceovers in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, the travel thing is kind of getting a little bit difficult in that aspect because one of my dreams was actually to do animations for animes oh. so being able to be a voiceover artist for something like that because i love watching animes so you know, I, love I, watching. I love anime too that's great we're gonna have to talk about this that's great. i know <laughs> <laughs> but no i do speak japanese or nihongo as you say in japan uh, japanese so nihongo nihongo oh, that's cool mm -hmm. what was this i learned when it was called wakarimasu what does that Bukarimas, mean? Which yeah. is it, I. It just means I. Oh. So you can say, um, you know, your name, um, you know, Winston or Bukarimas Winston son. Oh. So, so was it, I learned Bukarimas language? Bukarimaska. No. Like, so if you're asking a question. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You're going to have to teach me some Japanese. That's a place I've always wanted to visit, I tell you. It's on my list. Is the only challenge is that everyone in my family, I'm the only person who wants to go there. No one wants to go. So I'm like, I'm going to go. Nobody wants to go to, to Japan. Well, they don't want to go all these other places. I'm like, Japan is such a fascinating place, you know, and maybe it's because I love anime and all of that, that I want to go so bad. I, I really, really, really love it. So how did you learn Japanese? Because I know, I think I know the story behind that. Like, how did you learn Japanese? So... So actually, sorry, going back, um, Wakari Mashita is actually, uh, I understand, but um, I learned Japanese in school. So I actually, I watched a lot of animes and I had really loved watching them, but what I hated was reading the subtitles. Because oh, wow. <laughs> I felt like it was just so distracting and I didn't really like the dubbed ones just because I felt like there was always the same dubbed artists that were always reading it. So I actually learned Japanese in college um, with my teacher, Brian Thompson. So he did teach us um, for two years. And then I had another teacher for my third year. Um, and it was just a really great learning experience, especially because in classes, they teach you not just the language, but the cultural aspect from it as well. So we had that. And then we did um, the global um, and at FSU, because I went to Florida State University, they have a global oh. building where you can actually merge with all the different cultures. And from there, I was able to learn how to make some Japanese food, learn about the different people, meet a lot of friends. And then, of course, I got suckered into join the Japanese Student Association oh, wow. this is great. as well. So <laughs> I ended up joining that and um, being one of the board members so we can make decisions on what events we would do throughout the year to get people aware of um, certain cultural have, have you ever had a chance to go to Japan no I actually was supposed to go to Japan my first year outside of school 
Mm -hmm. um, it was, there's a program that they actually have in the US where if you teach language in another country, they'll actually wipe out some of your student debt. What? I know, it's an amazing program. And you can wow. teach in various different languages. Uh, but then I actually decided to pursue acting full time. So I ended up not going there because, you know, in your 20s is a very valuable time wow. for acting, especially. That's awesome. I, I know there's something else about you. And I know you aren't you from or maybe I got this wrong. So you can correct me. Aren't you from England or some or you were from England or have family from England? <laughs> So I actually am from, from England. I was actually born in Fulham, London, England. Mm -hmm. So when you think of Fulham, think of it more like when people say, oh, I'm from Atlanta, but you're really from Roswell or you're really from, you know, right, Marietta right. outskirts. <laughs> so Fulham's kind of like an outskirt of London. Um, my grandparents still live in Northampton and all my family's still over there. So my eldest sister, who's currently there right now, she lives in Essex. Oh, wow. So most of my family is over in the UK. We're the first generation to come here to the U.S. So what, what, what was, was your family that came to the U.S.? How, how did you guys get here? Yeah, so my dad actually wanted to, his first instinct was to move to California. Um, out of all the states, California, which my mom was not happy with. So we ended up settling in Florida when I was pretty little. Um, but it was more so the opportunities. So England is like, you know, always going to be my heart. Eventually, one day I would love to move back to England. But um, the job opportunities just aren't as much as the job opportunities here in the United States. So they did end up moving here just so they can expand compared to what they would have been able to do in the UK. Wow. So you mentioned your acting teacher a minute ago. <clears throat> yes. So how did you get into acting? When was, when was the beginning for you? Well, I've always known that I wanted to become an actress since Honestly, I think I can never remember. I used to watch shows and re um, and trying to imitate some of those actors that I saw on the shows. And then I was always thinking like, how could this performance have been a little bit better? So I used to um, implement them, but implement them in the way that I thought the show should have been right. or do something in the way that I thought it should have been. <laughs> um, so I actually started off doing drama in high school. And I did a couple of theater plays in high school. Now for the first couple, I was always just doing the lighting for it. Mm -hmm. um, so that really, you know, just to get an idea of what the set was like. Um, and then when I went to college, I kind of got the stern talk to from my parents, you know, that's not a, a goal in life kind of thing. <laughs> so I ended I'm up- familiar with uh, that talk. <laughs> yeah, that's typical parent talk, yes. um, you know, and it's nothing against them. They definitely just do want the best for your child. And yes. most people don't realize that there's millions and millions of people who want to be an actress or actor. And maybe only like, say, 0.2% actually make it. So I can understand their frustration about it. Mm -hmm. But um, as soon as I graduated and I got my college degree, I just kind of was like, well, I did what you guys wanted to do. Now I'm going to do what I wanted to do. Right. So I fully pursued acting. So I did a lot of research, figured out who was the best, you know, some of the best teachers around, especially that I had just moved to Atlanta and I signed up for my first acting class. And then from there, it's what it is now. That's awesome. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but your help and your portrayal in Super Loser for me specifically was fantastic. Thank you. You, you, you. You are awesome. For those of you who haven't seen it, it um, Michelle plays a, um, she plays almost like a, uh, the spirit of the show. And, and it really helps to kind of connect the dots on the story. So thank you so much. You are, you are amazing. There's, there's one point in the story, for those of you who haven't seen it, 
where she like really, really yells at someone that she loves. And I remember on the second night of the show, when you, you did it and I was in the audience, in the back of the audience, listening to it. And when you like go at this person, you scream at them. There were several people in the audience that went, oh, <laughs> 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 which I thought was fantastic. I thought that was great. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, what are you up to these days? You mentioned voiceover work. Is there anything else going on with you that, that you know, you'd like to share with us? Yes. So I am actually doing or supposed to be doing a couple of shows that are coming out. Um, I did film something that was last month, which was a short film that's actually going to be um, on the YouTube channel as well. It's called um, A Dinner Conversation. And that one was actually a lot of fun because I played uh, a killer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of fun to do that one. Um, there's a lot of things that are coming out as well. But again, because of COVID, they're waiting to understand how it's going to happen. I know for instance, Tyler Perry, he has like the, what they call the village where you're actually going to be staying on, you know, on site until you actually film like a and they have like right. everything there, supposedly like right. from movie theaters to actual apartment complexes and stuff. So it's like a the lot bubble, of these, right, that they do for the NBA players. Is that same yeah, concept? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much the exact same. So the way that they're doing it for a lot of the, the things that we're filming is you have to figure out they'll give you a couple of days in advance. And within four days, you have to have a COVID test four days prior to actually being on set. So that's a lot of the, um, of the productions that are bigger sets. So it's an interesting time. It, it really is. So you mentioned your parents, you mentioned your acting teacher. Um, who else has inspired the wonderful Michelle on her path? Definitely all the um, other actors I've met along the way. So I definitely have, especially in acting class or not even acting class, just doing some of the things on set. I've met so many great actors, um, so many great, you know, even like gaffers and DPs and different people who are in the acting world, but different aspects of the acting world. And we've, you know, connected, made sure we, we network, we get onto Facebook or Instagram, we have calls. Before COVID, we would actually meet up and go eat at restaurants and things and just pick each other's brains. Uh, we also used to have um, game night, which was every Sunday at Higher Relation Studios. We would have game nights with a bunch of other people who are involved in this type of business. But it's definitely... What um, was that game night? What was that? I mean, like board game night, video game? Yeah, night? board games, video games, any type of games we felt like. Maybe we do an improv session and we all do an improv game. So it's always good and fun to just meet people who you know, not only just speak about acting, uh, but also to see how they are outside of acting as well, um, as well, just to, you know, get to know people on that aspect. And of course, doing webinars and, and meeting people through those free um, conversationalist panels and stuff like that. Um, and then getting really inspired by them because some of their stories about how they got to where they were are very different. Like, you know, I've met somebody who was once a child actor and realized that, they didn't want to act. They really wanted to be an agent. You know, see, hearing those kind of stories and seeing where people have gone or where they got to where they went to, it's always very interesting for me. Wow. So all those webinars, right? Right. Yeah. All of those things that are happening. How are you dealing with that? Because at some point there are so many, right? Like, oh my God, yes. Like every day for me and I, I think for you as well, there are so many webinars, like every single day, they, you know, between what I do in the day and the evening, I can literally be on a webinar until midnight every day. 
So how yeah. have you been how have you been handling all of that? Sounds like you've been having a blast with it. Oh yeah. So I do still have to go obviously to my regular job <laughs> yeah. and and everything, but I kind of take a look at which webinars are actually showing, um, who's gonna be in the webinars, uh, whether it's gonna be um, question and answers from the audience or whether it's question and answers from the actual host itself and whether they're gonna release that webinar's video after the actual webinar occurs. So for the ones where we don't really get to ask questions, um, that's just, just the host questions and they're gonna release the video, I kind of save those for a later date to watch on my own gotcha. during some free time so I don't you know, waste that time where another webinar I can ask my direct questions. And then I also see if it's interesting for me based on where I wanna go in my career. So if it's something about how to get started to be, um, let's say, a lighting producer, lighting agent inside of a show, most likely it's not going to be interesting for me to watch that because that's not the direction I want to go. But there was a couple of really good ones about actually learning how to start writing and, and being able to pitch it to different, um, you know, uh, production companies and things like that. For those ones, those were very interesting for me to watch. And we got to ask questions. So, of course, you know, I decided to sign into those ones. Um, oh, is that an aspiration of yours to, to, to write and to have some stuff? Oh, yes. I have a couple ideas um, that I would love to do. Um, but of course, figuring out where to get started on that, it's always hard. And most people already know actors and people inside of the you know creative world, you don't usually just have one niche. You have a few niches That's right. um, of what you're trying to do. And for me, it's like I love um, you know, acting and being inside of the show, being able to portray characters. But then there's times where you're, as an actor, you come up with your own characters and you're like, well, what if this character had this kind of world and you can make it real and you know exactly how you want it to happen because you, you act. So, you know, like this is kind of the mindset you're going for. So there's times where that has occurred. And then of course, loving the people watch and emulate that inside my own work. I'm like, this would be a great character to do. Yeah. I tell you, I think that's one of the things because I was in some small productions before I started to just focus on writing for a while. And it was interesting because the first things that I wrote, I was mm -hmm. getting responses from actors like, hey, you, you know, you wrote this like you understand acting, mm -hmm. which I guess in some cases it's it's like written separate from that. So I think you're right on right on the right pace with that. So yeah. here's, here's a really tough question for you. Oh, it's going to be a tough one. It was a tough one, part one. Okay. So tell me about which anime you've seen recently and how did you like it? Oh, gosh. Um, I've actually watched a few uh, recently. I think the most recent one I've watched is called World Trigger. Um, World Trigger? World Trigger. It's on Crunchyroll, and it's been both actually dubbed and subbed on Crunchyroll. And what that one's about is like, you have one world that's your current world, and then you have a separate world that's called the neighbor world, and they've invaded Earth, and they've been um, fighting um, to basically control them from abducting people. So it's actually quite interesting. And I personally, I absolutely, you know, love all the animes, but that one, for me, it was kind of hard to get into it at first because I was just, it was just so different from, you know, My Hero Academia and all mm -hmm. those other ones. Um, I've also 
watch Food Wars recently too, as recently oh, as yesterday. Oh, I saw I saw a few episodes of that one. That, that's pretty yeah, cool. <laughs> I love Food Wars. So it's actually on the new season. I haven't finished watching all of it yet. So it's more than I one season because I only saw like a couple episodes of it. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's on the fifth plate. So the fifth season. I turned that on and I was just like thinking that this was not going to be something. And I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> this is it is hilariously funny. Um, <laughs> The clothes exploding thing is kind of weird. Sometimes yes. <laughs> uh, for people who aren't used to animes being over the top. Yeah. But I've actually emulated some of those recipes that they've had too. I've made a couple of them and they were actually pretty good. Oh. Um, so I've made like, and I'm pretty sure like they don't really, the names of them don't really exist, but I've made one of their steak recipes and I've marinated it with the onions like they mentioned and honey. And I was like, oh, this is really good. That's so. <laughs> Yeah, I love, I, I do like action animes a lot. Um, and I do love cooking animes and like that slice of life animes that they have. Um, but then um, romance animes are also pretty good for me too, especially if they're comedic romance animes. Yeah, so. sometimes I get like, one will sneak up on me. Like, I think I was watching this one. I was turned it on because I didn't really think much of it. It's called like Japan is Sinking. 2020 mm -hmm. and it's about japan actually sinking yeah and, and you know there's some massive earthquake that like destroys the whole country and it is so fantastic it is it was really great it, it was like oh my gosh this thing you know like how you watch like like the walking dead and like how they have to go through like this thing where characters start off but they don't make it all the way through it mm -hmm. was like that and it was it was, um... it was so heartfelt and Good thing if you want that... to watch something like that, you should watch Promise Netherland. That's a great anime. Which will say the name of again? Promise Netherland. Promise Netherland. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Yes. And... I'm not going to spoil it for you. You're going to be a little bit confused at first because there are kids. That's It's like following a bunch of kids that are like, you know, ages two to like eight or nine. <laughs> but it is, it is really good. That is fantastic. That is awesome. So... Michelle, uh, mm -hmm. you are very inspirational to lots of people that are out there. And so hard question number two. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so there's someone out there right now. So they, they have been or they want to be a creative person. But there's something in the world that's telling them not it could be something internal or external that's telling yeah. them hey you couldn't or you shouldn't or creativity is not a real thing and you are having a conversation with that person right now just okay. you and them and they say michelle you've done this you've been voiceovers you've been an actor where do i start and you're going to give them some thoughts and some guidance what do, what do you tell them hmm that's a good one well I would first start off by saying, you know, I don't know your reasonings for why you're so hesitant on pursuing your creative directions or goals. So I first want to make it, you know, well known that I don't know if it's something that has to do with, you know, your health or anything like that. But what I would say is you only really, ha you only have one life. Yeah. You know, you got one chance to actually make any of those things come true, any of your dreams come true. And if it helps, I would also talk about my stories. Um, so for me, it's, my parents are, were not very supportive of this at all. 
you know, I've come from a very mixed background, but it's, you know, I've got the worst of the worst <laughs> when it comes to being very strict of parents. I've got, you know, the Jamaican British parents who also are Chinese and, you know, they, they're just not very into, you know, things that aren't really secure because for acting, if you, you, you know, you, it's for a lot of people, it's hand to mouth. Yeah. For a lot of creative jobs, it's hand to mouth. Um, whereas if I was to become a doctor or a lawyer or a chemist, like I am now, it's always a, a done deal. You're going to get paid. But at the end of the day, it's like, what's going to make you happy? Are you going through life? Are you sitting down on your couch? Are you staring off into space and thinking, why am I here? What am I doing? What am I like, you know, why am I even doing this? And you don't have to completely quit your job at first either. That's, That's something I would explain to them. It's not something like it's, you know, you have to leave and you can't, and you don't have to do anything. No one has quit their job fully or quit school or done anything like that. Bill Gates never did that. You know, Mark Zuckerberg never did that. They always just took one semester off. And then from there, they saw how it was progressing and then it was progressing, started going really quick. Then they quit their stuff. So it's not like an all in deal. And if you, and if they really needed some more inspiration, I would definitely tell them to read the book, The Third Door. Um, or better yet, you listen to the audiobook, The Third Door, where it explains to you that there's various options in life that you can go through when you're struggling to be creative um, and figuring out what you want in life. It's really trying to hone into yourself and realize that, are you doing stuff because you want to do it or are you doing stuff because somebody else wants you to do it? Mm -hmm. um, my biggest thing is I'm a people pleaser. So my parents wanted me to pursue the science route um, and to do that kind of, you know, their, it was basically their dream. And I was doing their dream. And then I started thinking, well, who's going to do my dream? Yes. Who's going to, you know, do what I want to do? Yeah. Why would I live my whole life doing something that they want to do? And I sit there and thinking, why do I want to pursue the route that I'm taking? Um, am I pursuing it for the accolades? Do I want this kind of stuff or pursuing it because it actually truly makes me happy? And for me, it's, it truly makes me happy. I can make the same amount of money I make now doing, you know, just acting compared to doing my chemistry work. And I would be the happiest person in the world. Yes. Um, so really trying to figure out yourself. Um, I would say, you know, maybe even meditate a couple of times just to figure out what you really want to do in life. Um, figure out who, when you answer the question of who are you doing your, your life for and who's the happiest in your life, is it because your parents are telling you they're so proud of you? Or is it you looking in the mirror and saying, I'm proud of myself? Yes. I tell you, um, as um, someone who came from parents who came from Jamaica with, you no, know, they didn't have two nickels to rub together. And yeah. they came here, their mindset was survivalist, right? They came here like, we got to survive. We're in this great place where we can do what we want to do and we got to survive. And what I tell people, even in my own family, is that they didn't know they didn't know that we had the ability to do more than just survive. We owe it to them to do more than just survive. We do you know they they came here for us to create a legacy for our family at the at the time they just wanted to survive, but somewhere in the back of their head they they were saying, all right. If I come here, my family does well, and generations from now, hopefully my family is all right, and they're doing something that has a legacy. And doing that, and being that way, is the reason why we, me, you, and all that come after us should be doing what we really love to do. Yes. You know, 
I hate to say it sometimes because sometimes people, there's a lot of angst about the United States sometimes. The United States is this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to me, it's just like, you know, it's just like arguing in your family. You know, like you got like a crazy uncle. But it doesn't mean, but the country itself is a good place to be. It is. You know, it's got a lot of weaknesses. But um, in the history of mankind, it's been a pretty good place. Like me and you can get up tomorrow and just be like, you know, forget this, man. Forget what we do in a day. We want to go now ride bikes and that's our life and we just want to do that and we don't want to do that we don't care about anything else or we yeah. want to live out in the street or we want to go to the moon whatever we want to do and we can actually make a decision to do that michelle exactly which is something that you know the parents don't have in back in the day the other thing i will say for people who are coming from households like that is to really not just look at the present but look at what it could be in the future because you can take a job today, you know, if you graduate from school and you have, let's say like an MBA or a doctorate degree and you can start this job and make, you know, most people will do it making a hundred thousand a year, or you can work for this one person for free for a month, get all this experience and to make it turn around and make a million dollars a year. That's right. You know, it's, it's really how you look at life and, and what sacrifices are you really going to make now for the payouts in the future? And if you know, if you know that 30 years from now, you're going to regret something, not pursuing the dream that you had, pursue it. That's right. And the other thing I tell people is that sometimes there's this line of demarcation, like when someone gets to a certain point in life, right? So say they get to some age, whatever that age is. I've heard people say, well, I wish I could have did this back in the day, but I can't anymore because of some number. Yeah. I say, what is that number? Like, when is the day? I, I don't know. I see actors and stories all the time that are all kinds of age. I see two-year-olds. I see 80-year-olds. <laughs> so what's what's the age you're talking about? Uh, and, I, I'm a, and I think that's, that is part of, I think, um, kind of our own construct where we've created this kind of world where we know we can do all these things, but we create these walls of fear to stop us from doing something that we already know we can do. Yep. I don't think age is, um, people should look at, you know, starting careers based on age. There's actually somebody from my class who I spoke with on Thursday night. He started pursuing acting when he was 43. He's now 49. Um, you know, he's has hundreds of commercial auditions. He's been in so many commercials, so many different movies, so many different, you know, um, actual TV shows and things like that within a five-year period. That's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's been able to pursue so much. And if it makes you really wonder, there's not a lot of actors who are over a certain age either. So, you know, seeing the same person who's 60 years old all the time, you now have a fresh look because most people starting off with acting are, you know, younger. It's great to start off if you're older. Yeah. You'll probably have more opportunities than somebody <laughs> my age in their 20s. <laughs> I tell you, it's been so great to have you here today. Um, I want to thank you personally. Um, I, 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 I told you I would say this out loud, but when Super Loser was over and you all gave me like a little token and you all gave me this wonderful graphic novel, yeah. like I know who came up with the graphic novel. <laughs> I know whose idea it was to come up with the graphic novel and that was Michelle. <laughs> so I really, really thank you for that. Um, so I'm going to leave you with the last word for our audience. Like I shared with you, our audiences all over the planet. There's beautiful mm-hmm. creative people all over this globe and they have all taken this conversation in and they really want to hear 
the last bit of advice and guidance you would give for them? Mm -hmm. My last bit of a guidance to you, especially if you're um, from all the over the world is number one, make sure that you know your worth. So you're going to get opportunities. And when you're starting off, it's good to do free work just to build up your reel, build up your resume. Um, but then there's a point where you have to ask yourself is doing free work and doing certain work worth it. Like you can get a job that pays maybe a hundred dollars, but it's the next state over. You just drove, you pretty much are in the deficit of how much you actually are going to earn. Is it worth your time? And to make sure that you know the business side as well as the creative side. Because if you want to progress, you need to understand that this world is still going to be a business. Um, and if they can't sell, they're not going to buy. So you want to make sure that you understand that, know what the latest regulations are, know what things are happening, especially um, behind the scenes of the acting world. You know, read Var uh, Variety magazine, make sure you're reading up on SAG contracts, making sure you're reading up on the books and, and honing your craft at all times, honing your craft. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for being part of this. I will ask you, will you join us again in the future? Of course. We would love to have you again. And for all of those of you who's listening, at the end of um, the next period of time, we will be putting together our first ever audio book slash documentary and you will be hearing parts of this conversation with michelle if she'll allow us to of course. Yeah, to be part of that and you'll be hearing from the hundred people that we've had on the creativity cocktail podcast please go to our website at uh, risingtidescharity.org you can find us on ig at creativity cocktail um, michelle how is a way that if somebody wants to talk to you and wants to hear more about who you are or interface with you what's a good way for them to do that Okay, so you can always contact me on my Instagram. Um, my Instagram is uh, Shelly in the raw, uh, C-H-E-L-L-E-Y-I-N-T-H-E-R-A-W. Um, you can also email me. My email, um, if you ever have questions or you want to know advice, my email is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Sewell, S-E-W-E-L-L, 21 at gmail.com. That's fantastic. Everyone that's out there, please continue to be awesome. Your creativity unleashes your capacity. So the more you're creative, the more you know that you can do in this world. So still be, so still make sure that every single day you're finding a moment to, to, to paint your masterpiece, one brush stroke at a time, every single day. So Michelle, again, thank you so much for being part of the Creativity Cocktail Podcast. Thank you. So I have stopped recording, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah, that was really, really a lot of fun. And if there's any way I can help you, let me know. And I mean that sincerely. Yeah, same for me. If you need any more people that you would love to, you know, do a podcast with, just let me know. Um, and I can, you know, find some people depending on what you're looking for, whether it's writers or, um, you know, other actors or people who want, who sing, anything like that. You know, my the reason why we call it the creativity cocktail is that we wanted to mix up all of the different kinds of people mm -hmm. that we have as far as their creative bent. What the one thing that's important is that they have a mindset to help others. Okay. So if you do know people like that, that would be fantastic. Um, I do. Mm -hmm. Actually, the person who I filmed the dinner conversation, his name is Keenan Osborne. Oh. His um, production company is Wild Imagination LLC. 
I'm pretty sure he would probably be willing to. And he's also an anime lover. <laughs> Phenomenal. That is that is great. So I mean, I don't know if what's the best way if you want to maybe send him on him and I a note, and then I can reach out to him. Yeah, uh, perfect. I will do that. Um, I also know um, actors who are handicapped oh. as well. Um, so my friend uh, uh, Antoine, um, I got him actually into acting last year, about a year and a half ago, because he's a paraplegic. He got an accident, a car accident when he was 16 at, in Jamaica. So I remember in high school, it was actually a really bad accident. Um, you know, most of everybody pretty much passed away except him. Oh my gosh. And, um, you know, he's kind of sitting there like, there's not a lot of things I can do. And I was like, be an actor. Because, mm -hmm. you know, he was doing, he was trying to do DJing and I let him know being an actor is something that, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like as long as you can act. Yeah. So he's been pursuing that. I would love yeah. to talk to him. That, that's, okay. His story sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a call. Yeah, that seems so inspirational. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yeah, I was serious though, but anyway, I can help you. And if you don't mind, you know, I'll keep letting you know what's going on with our organization. Um, we are doing some great things. I mentioned the, the audio book, but we're also working on having our first event. Now, our first signature event. So we were going to do it face-to-face, -face, obviously, when we conceived of this earlier this year. Mm -hmm. um, so now we are shifting to do this virtual. Um, so we're going to do it at the end of the year, and um, I'll be reaching out to you to let you know about it. Okay, yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Thanks yeah. again. You are fantastic, 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 fantastic. Thank you. For me, it was um, the beginning. I was so nervous that when you said like Wakarimas, I like my mind went to Watashi for some unknown reason. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, wait on a minute. That's not right. That doesn't sound right. I only know like five Japanese words. <laughs> so... uh, well, no, you, but uh, Wakarimas is, is um, I understand. But for me, it was just um, just nervousness but then i think i kind of relaxed partially through it so then i was like oh, I, 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 I didn't i didn't i didn't pick up on that and pick up on oh. any nervousness but um that's good that means i can i did good <laughs> but no i'll reach out to a couple people do you prefer me to contact to send you them and just have you cc'd with your email or do you want me to also give your number to or just just I'm okay, with, I'm okay with that with with the number and cc if you want to do that i'm totally okay with anybody calling me at any point Okay. Um, that, that, that is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then even the guy who, um, you know, started off in his 43s, I think he'd also be good to talk to about, you know, somebody who's a late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. familiar with that, that late bloomer stuff. I'm familiar. Yeah. With <laughs> and he's Indian too. So it's, you know, his life, um, aspect of coming from India and, you know, or his parents coming from India, he's actually, I think from California, maybe. I think California. It's different, you know. Yeah, I tell you, your, your story is always fascinating. Not fascinating, but it's phenomenal to me because you got the, you know, family from Asia and then the Caribbean and Britain. You got a lot going on, which is great. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of people who don't agree with the, you know, acting in general. But I think now that I took that plunge, mm -hmm. and they can see that, you know, it's not affecting my livelihood. Yeah. Um, you know, not yet, at least <laughs> I haven't quit my job yet, yeah. but it hasn't affected that. And I'm still doing it and I'm a lot happier. I think they understand that that's something that, 
you can't really control how people are going to live their lives. And um, a lot of strict parents think they can do that for forever. Um, and you get two types of people with strict parents, the kids who, as soon as they're off to college, they just explode. Mm -hmm. And then the kids who, when they go off to college, they still listen to their parents, but they kind of do their own thing on the side a little bit. So I think that it's always was, interesting to see. I think that was me because, you know, even to this day, my parents know what I do, that, you know, I do these plays and all this writing and all that kind of stuff there. But, you know, they still have that mindset of the, oh, you know, all right, so you got a job. <laughs> like, okay, but this is who I am. I am a writer. I am not the other thing. Um, yeah. Even my sister, who's older than I am, she finally came around where she finally attended a play of mine you know, some time ago. Because, you mm -hmm. know, she was older. She was like 10 years older than I am. So she was part of that mindset as well. That, you okay. Know, that survivalist mindset. So, And, you know, I understand there's, you know, a lot of people they'll come, let's say, even from Mexico or something. And they're used to making, let's say, like, because I know for a few friends who are Mexican, they'll make 100 pesos in Mexico. They'll come here and they'll make, you know, $7 and something an hour and think it's like the best thing ever because it's a lot more than what they were making. But you really stop and think like, but if I did this and, you know, I may not have a job right now, but I can make twice as much as $7 and 50 cents, you know, exactly. um, it's an interesting mindset that people have survivalists, especially so. So don't forget to send me your, um, your headshot, headshot, please. And we'll if do. there's anything else that I can do, let me know. I'm running because I'm going to actually have another one come up here at 12 o'clock. Um, okay. And I will give you a call before I upload them, which might be in a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds good. Right. Thanks again. You are so amazing. Michelle <laughs> is amazing. Michelle is amazing. And Michelle is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> you know, um, on a second angle, maybe even seeing how people who are doing a couples one and seeing how people who aren't actors deal with actor-related issues, like how does somebody get over their spouse or significant other, you know, kissing another person on set? Oh, how does it wow. feel? <laughs> yeah, I, that was so. interesting. I, I did do a couples one, but they were they had two different disciplines. Oh, so okay. one was one was an artist, and one was like a, like an actor. So they weren't like at the same time in the same place. Yeah, um, but yeah, two actors. Oh my gosh, I would love to do that. That would be like the best. Yeah. Be, be <laughs> yeah. Take care. You are so cool. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Rising Tides podcast. We encourage you to continue to promote creativity amongst those that you know and those that you know it would have a benefit to. We also ask you to subscribe to our podcast and to get more feedback or give us feedback about what you're listening to. We really thank you for this and we hope that we'll be able to communicate and ultimately help you with your creative journey.